0: this is the thingy thing yeah I know poetry night rings through Uh, he's a great poet I mean no doubt about it so I'll just shut up and let him come up here and read some poetry for y'all put your hands together and really I mean welcome him up for the last time in Bellingham standing here Uh, So I actually was able to find some copies of that silly little chapbook that Tom was talking about. I moved recently, and so they're packed away in a box, and I happened to find some copies. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that later. But if you want, they're back there. They're... Uh, what was it three dollars for the ones like Tom's holding up and then the ones with the special paper cover that's handmade paper by me. There might even be like some of my hair mixed into it. so like, like I literally went into making that. Uh, <laughs> five dollars for the, the ones with the special paper. Um, but poetry. That's what I'm here to do with, you know, the words and stuff. Uh so, two weeks ago, I woke up and I was getting ready for work, and I stepped outside and the sky was a little different than normal uh, It was kind of hazy out, and I like thought, huh it must be overcast, like glad for the change in the weather. Turns out it wasn't um it was actually because of all the fires up in british columbia uh, and so I wrote a poem about that reads the headline when even a rainforest burns. The skies take notice, tasting red like a summer warmed rosé and dropping quartz and shadows on chalky pavement. The sun does not shine, merely stares on morose through a cast cloud of parched tinder. The stones, bones of glaciers build a cairn beside the river foretelling in the entrails of mountains that oldest folly of the garden. Snakes do not wield swords of fire in concentric rings, but sometimes lightning strikes twice, and winds wind ways past all barriers. Knowledge by right, smoke fills the air of a lost Alexandria, and a scorched land waits like it always waits, patiently, with tiny suns blossoming on its surface. Um, I believe I wrote this one when I graduated from Western a little over a year ago. Um, It was just kind of thinking of like, huh, campus is kind of weird to come back to now that I'm not a student anymore. It's called Old Haunts. Old Haunts, like panorama pictures of sun-swept bays, never fade. Cold, uneven bricks cause unexpected trips into love, skipping the scary parts on threadbare collegiate couches, only to return six months later as more than friends. It's five steps to the door, seven after answering the last call, and you'll still stumble no matter how attentively you count them. Specters of a muscle memory walk unfamiliar paths with confidence, sure-footed in glassy winter parking lots. Unheimlich was just a fancy German definition, until old haunts came knocking. Deja voodoo tickling behind the eyes, asking, am I sane? Heidegger always was a pain. <laughs> Moments of clarity, or maybe remembrance, bring lightness to the everyday, fighting back the unfamiliar hiding at the edges of ordinary. You remember how it used to be, how it doesn't really change, and that's part of the problem. Old haunts are the places where you feel like a ghost, lingering long after you've actually left, returning anyway one last time, not really saying goodbye or hello, just nodding in the direction of a regional acquaintance you've long lost touch with. Uh who here knows those trees that kind of have like the very smooth looking bark that peels off into like kind of red papery bits? Yeah, the madronas. Uh arbutus is it's more called like further north. Um I really wish I could find out what the like native indigenous name for it is. I tried looking it up, but I couldn't find anything. So I feel like I need to find someone who knows and ask them if they'll share that with me. Uh, But for now, I just have this titled Pacific Madrona. Driving outside Bremerton, I see trees I remember, tall flat leafed with bright reddish bark that peels like paper. It hides between the Douglas fir and western red cedar, a lightning-jagged contrast to their straight brown clothed in deep and knowing greens. They're reaching for the sun, dancing into an empty spotlight, vying for the attention of the sky, cementing soil with networks of roots, discarding waxy leaves that dry into a crackling carpet. They do not transplant well but I want to make it a bonsai. I'll start from a seed to carry this memory with me because I have a lightning-shaped heart colored red by exposure, always growing towards the light when surrounded by the close embrace of companionable silence. I think I first read this one here at Poetry Night a while ago. Um and it 's ca- uh, and it was also published in from Bellingham with Love, uh, which is a local poetry literary arts magazine um i don 't know when the next one 's coming out, probably sometime soon okay uh i i 'll trust you on that <laughs> inside knowledge um but this was in from volume two and it 's called occupied Edenic or the Arab Spring. The garden, once well-tended and new, stands overgrown with blackberries, the corn and tomatoes slowly choked from lack of sunlight ever since that tree that stood in the center was cut down. Bees haven't visited here since the milk-and-honey fragrance of flowers was replaced with petrochemical fumes. Only the stubborn and the faithful remain. Wildflowers continue to sprout, despite weed-pulling drones leaving craters like pockmarks in their wake. But the earth holds promise of rebellion. Mountains made low give rise to trembling, fragile flourishings. It's time to move mountains. Time to uproot rocks and risk the prickling fury of blackberries. For even their fruit can taste sweet once civilized by diasporic cultivations. Even blood cannot salt the earth forever. Uh so for a long time I volunteered at the hospital down in Mount Vernon um, and one day as I was I think getting off the bus I got a text from a friend Uh that just said red roadies sprang forth over the weekend lavender ones winking one at a time in my window and I was like you're sending me poetry this is great and I responded in kind with poetry and then I put it together and turned it into poetry. Uh, so this one's called Roadies, a metaphor for the incidents that sparked the Baltimore protests. Spring has arrived, a text message. Red roadies sprang forth over the weekend, lavender ones winking, one at a time in my window. Meanwhile, the white ones down in Mount Vernon have already shed their first bloom and are quickly growing another behind. Are we speaking allegorically? Flowers spill petals with each burst of sunfire Sprayed haphazard on pavement, on doorways, on cell walls, on hands The pink ones are dragging their feet Gorged fat on the recent rain Perhaps it's time to shake them loose Trim the lard in blue containers and rob it of its bite A beautiful sky on a terrible day made of Monday a discontent Terminal buds make the final push Spring continues to bring new growth Summer drought promises trial by fire and lead and cracked earth once again, we are uprooted uh, so if you couldn't tell from that kind of flow that I had that first half was sort of like nature themed plants and stuff. Uh, but the rest that I have here, and I think this last that last one was a good kind of transition since it kind of fits both. Um, comes from my upcoming chapbook. I don't have a set date for when I'm printing it because I haven't finished writing everything that's going to go into it, uh, but I have a concept and a theme and some poems. Uh, I do have a title. Uh, the title is going to be Lavender Buds. This one's for my friends. Um, in part because I've always had a special place in my heart for lavender and then two because i like the pun on the word buds cuz it's for my friends and also lavender has buds cuz it's a flower uh so i'm i'm going to probably use the same artist who did the artwork for the my book back there and see if she's available to draw some kind of lavender thing for me um so this first one that i have that's from going to be from that book uh who who here knows how to juggle anyone a little bit a little bit um, any anyone know some of the fancy juggling tricks that that are out there? If I, if I were to say a waterfall, would you know what that is? Waterfalls are just general basic three ball juggling, uh, and you can do a five ball waterfall. Um, but this poem is specifically called Mill's Mess, which is a juggling technique where you're crossing your hands with every throw and it looks really complicated and cool, and I want to learn how to do it, and I have some friends who know how to do it, and so this poem is for them. Grinding patience, thresh your hands spinning, catching, releasing, catching, crossing, hypnotizing. Watch the apex, the moment where weight turns and magic begins. Slide of hand prevails, the imperceptible twist of wrist, Crist uncrossed, dust of a thousand impacts on hardwood floors. Wait, yeah. uh, no. The imperceptible twist of wrist, crist uncrossed, an open heart circle, axi- axle of change, dust of a thousand impacts with concrete or grass or hardwood floors not swept in months. Eddie's exhaled, inhaled, circulated paradox Locked in freely flowing waterfalls Mastered meticulous motion It's a mess contained A hope remained And somewhere, a child laughs at the sight Because, you know, children love it When you're, like, juggling and stuff Just like, oh, I don't know how to do that uh, But they can learn It's fairly easy I learned in, like, an hour workshop And then just made my own juggling balls Out of an old t-shirt and some rice And just kept doing it until I got it um I have a friend who who does poetry in the Boise area. His name's Connor. This one's for him. It's called Murder. Two crows dive-bombed a raven, and I whispered I love you from the rooftop, too afraid to shout it lest they mistake my hair for feathers and my fingers for worms. Each echo bounced back, bombarding me with reflections from clogged gutters overflowed and sidewalk chalk abandoned in midday heat. Repetitions louder than the last scream, Corvid covalescence takes flight in the face of danger. Are we the raven or are we crows? Our nests are not a permanent home and the eggs we are protecting ourselves, fragile and full of life or else rotten to the yoke. Let's play a game of tail feathers, plucking pinions until we cannot fly, calling laughter at danger and falling without grace. We'll sing nevermore until words lose all meaning, and then we'll know it's time to head south for the winter. (laughs) I have a friend who likes dinosaurs, and her favorite is Dilophosaurus she roars therapeutic theropod monkey climbing a tree hanging upside down and frowning to make it look like a smile nose flared for effect 1400 miles from fossilized beds nobody tucks the sheets because she's building a fort digging in dirt cultivating the seed of a child with amber and stone she roars the sound of delight hunched back performance rounding the corner with smiling with all teeth both ominous and silly there are no feathers in her hair, only peeking from her sleeves, tickled by the vibration of roaring, stomping, eat. <laughs> this one's a sad one. In Memoriam, Saeko Kawahara. Summer 1998. The clam diggers squats, intent upon her hole, filling five gallons of soy sauce with filter-feeding rocks. She remembers, chanting Nam-myoho-renge-kyo every morning, the gong praying for peace and for happiness. Maybe this is a memory of war, of eight years old in evacuated Nagasaki, 1945. Repercussions reverberating. Oysters crowd around her, as if listening to her story, waiting in line to be cut and dyed like so many little old ladies of West Seattle. Her grandson thunders down the dock, prepubescent energy shaking loose waves meant for higher tides. Danny-chan, come here? Danny as in Daniel. God is my judge, but not my interpreter, no. He knocked down a tower and turned tongues into trees, contorting consonants unrecognizable until only vowels remained. The crossing of oceans splits syllables, forgotten across generations, but blood is saltier than oceans, and accents are heard decades away from landing at shore. I read billboards aloud because of you. I have dimples because of you. I have years of bowl cuts and a love of unorthodox Thanksgiving dinners and a grieving sadness every Valentine's Day because of you. I was ten. Your daughter tried to make me read the Joy Luck Club to understand you, to understand her. I couldn't get past the cover, but I could see her tears, and still you sit there, only now you gather dust on the bookshelf, name engraved in the family shrine across the Pacific. Your company, oyster shells, painted with googly eyes and plastered with striped feathers, the face only a child could see. I am still thundering. I'm still making waves, digging down to my roots, I'm looking for you, but I'm finding myself. Uh, Before I start this next one, I just want to say, meow. Uh, Because this one's for my cuties. Um, And it's called Dandelion Resilience. Ironically enough. Kind of ends where the last, or kind of starts where the last one ended. Let my roots grow deep. Anchored in soil both fertile and abandoned, I will flourish where others dare not grow. Let my leaves unfurl, radially resplendent, Their jagged edges catch solar breezes from cloudbursts fallen. Bitterness tempered with wisdom, let my stem reach high, A living straw drawing skyward the bounty of groundedness. Bent by gusts and footsteps, But unbroken in defiance, let my flowers spot manicured lawns Beside daisy and clover in solidarity Garlands tossed circles like nets used to catch fairies Crown yardside royalty and parents alike Let my seeds be the playthings of children Granting wishes with puffs of breath Life spreads through sidewalk cracks Despite sprays and shovels declaring otherwise Take me in whole and I will sustain you Make wine of my petals and commune with joy. Speak wildly of weeds and walk softly. Always walk softly. (laughs) So I have two more. Um, This one goes out to someone special. It's a live poem. Uh, It's for Ethan. Ethan. I live you with all of my heart, which sounds a lot like love, because it is, but it's also different. I can love you from anywhere, from Bellingham dorm rooms to South Korean Skype calls to kickball fields under summer skies. I can love you in the morning, spooned close against windows left cracked overnight and deep past midnight, the smell of vodka still on our breath. But to live you is to be the glass of water so you aren't hungover and give you blankets after stealing them in my sleep. To live you is to blow kisses across oceans and salt your tears with the sweetness of my being. I live you because our lives are entwined. So let's tie ourselves a knot that brings everything we love together. Um, And so the inspiration from that one, besides Ethan, is pretty much every day I text him I love you when he, you know, wakes up at ungodly early of hours of the morning to go watch the Tour de France at Mount Bakery uh, before he has to go to work. So, like, up at 4, 5, and I'm just like, I'm sleeping until 6, because I don't have to work till 6.30. What are you doing? Um, so I text him, I love you, but sometimes my phone disagrees with that. Uh, so it says, I live you. And most of the time I don't bother correcting it or I don't notice until after I've already hit send. Uh, So I decided I wanted to write a poem about that. (laughs) Later. (laughs) <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, and because Ethan insists that I tell you, uh, that poem was also my marriage vows when we got married last week. <laughs> uh, and so while I've had the idea for that poem, like, floating around in my head, like, kind of nebulous for, like, a month, meaning to, like, do it, I finally, like, actually wrote it while I was walking to the ceremony from our house. <laughs> uh, so it sounded kind of impressive going, yeah, I wrote this on the way over here, and then I read that, and it's like, bam! Uh, <laughs> but, like, no, I che- I totally cheated. I had, like, that working in the back of my head for a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> we we only tentatively agreed to And by agreed, I mean you said you were going to And I didn't say anything Because <laughs> I know better than to make agreements I'm not going to keep <laughs> uh, This last poem is dedicated to Poetry Night And I've read a version of it here before And I've updated it, added some stuff, changed some stuff it's in part because of this lovely banner behind me. Uh, I mean, look at that thing. That's pretty cool, like trees and stars and the moon. Uh because like our t-shirts, the Poetry Night t-shirt that's also in on sale back there, also has a moon. Uh so here here at Poetry Night, we like the moon. And so I thought I'd write a poem about y'all. They're staring at the moon again. Watching sunsets and anthills, tides and horizons, fading one into another, into another. Beautiful bodies transcribed in verse, poised on the edge of movement, they dance in circles. Grand revolutions on tilted axis, providing reflections in the face of suns, bouncing back the outpour of emotions. They're staring in the mirror again, trying to imagine away the ego and find themselves in an invented other, a fantasy mother, nurturing a creative spirit so often subdued by circumstance, making faces because even though no one is looking, it feels like everyone is looking. They're writing themselves raw again, screaming in black and blue ink because the world is too beautiful to contain. There are no words. Only starlight filtered through barren tree limbs, photographing the sweetness of California grapes, a faint trail of smoke from a fresh roll. Craters slowly eroding from the impact of a thousand million particles of space dust carried on solar winds. They're standing outside again, cedar-fine feathers on skid and paper, feeling shaky like it did when the world was new. Stared at by hummingbirds and dragonflies in the greens and yellows of a fading afternoon. Sometimes in the company of whales, where's Steve Millward? Bridging pillars and communities like wires between microphones, spilling feedback in kitchens and coffee shops, burrito bars, and libraries. They're eclipsed again by more than a name misplaced within reach like the pen on your ear and the glasses balanced on the brim of a hat wrapped in tartan and sigil squiggles of powdered leaf design their dreams are big though houses small sweetness delivered fresh with the bite of a weathered tongue all the way from Illinois and a voice that arrests attention they're staring at the moon again and wondering at the sight. Thank you. <laughs> Danny Cannon, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Galileo, Figaro, Galileo, out. Galileo, out. Galileo, out. Galileo, Get a moose!